This is episode 112 with Andrew Knapp. Welcome to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. I am your host, Ryan McGuire. And if you are in pursuit of your own happiness, this is the podcast for you. Join me along my own journey in finding happiness as I cover topics such as health, wellness, mindset, travel, adventure, dating, relationships, and so much more as I interview some of the most passionate and successful people in the world. And this episode is no different. I am super proud to introduce this podcast episode to all of you with New York Times bestseller, Andrew Knapp. Now, Andrew is best known for his book series, Fine Momo. And if you haven't seen these books, you're missing out. They're such a good time, no matter what age you are. I still laugh every time I flip through this book. And if you're wondering who Momo is, Momo was his incredible border collie who he literally traveled the world with and has these picture books because his dog used to hide everywhere and you have to find them like one of those Where's Waldo books that we all had growing up as kids. This is seriously like the cutest book collection you can ever have. And I'm honestly a little jealous that he has all of these amazing photos in some pretty sweet locations with the memories that go with it. Now with Andrew being a photographer, also a designer, who has a dog and he loved to travel. It was a no-brainer to reach out to him. I could not wait to get him on this podcast. And boy, this episode did not disappoint. Now, I don't want to give away too much in this introduction, but I will say this conversation took about 10 different turns that I was not quite expecting, but I'm super grateful that it did. As we discuss some of his greatest moments with Momo and the great memories that they made, but also the extremely hard time that Andrew has gone through since losing his best friend. Unfortunately, that's something I can also relate to, so we connected on that. We talked about the grieving process and the incredible ways that he's going to honor Momo in the future. So I cannot thank Andrew enough for being so open, honest, and vulnerable in this episode. I truly appreciate that, and I know all of you will be able to relate. So yeah, there are some tough moments in this discussion, but the future is super bright for Andrew and his two other dogs, Boo and Yaya, as they have a book coming out this summer to continue the legacy of Momo. I'm so happy about that. I can't wait to order that book. And I'm also super happy to say he has something really special in the works for Momo as well. That just makes me so happy and proud as a dog dad myself. Andrew, I give you my sincerest thank you for this conversation. This is one of the greatest, most deep conversations I've ever had in my life. And I'm well over 100 podcasts now, so that's saying something. This is as real as it gets. Now, before we get started in just a moment, please take a second to follow him on Instagram at Andrew Knapp. I'd love for you to take a moment to take a look at his dogs, Momo, Boo, and Yaya, and some of his incredible photography, and his books will also be linked in the show notes. But without further ado, here is my awesome conversation with Andrew Knapp. Uh, you, ready? you ready to roll? This is going to be a great conversation. I'm so happy. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Awesome. Let's do it. 
Andrew, where where are you right now? Uh, I'm in the Baja. I'm in Mexico. Um, oh, nice. So I got my door open here. I don't, so is this this is an audio. This is a podcast, but you do yeah. audio clips. Yep. Yep. And I'll be posting this on YouTube. I'm doing YouTube now. Okay. So you'll be cool. on YouTube. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, we got a dog. We got a couple of dogs out there. So there might be a dog emergency at some point. I like That's to okay. keep like, I'm, I'm in tune with what's going on with them. And if I don't see them for a little while, I get a little worried and I'll, 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 uh, I'll say boo really loud. <laughs> yeah, that's a wide open area. I would be more concerned than you are. I guess I'm just like a helicopter dad when it comes to my dogs. <laughs> no, I am too, man. But I've been here for over a week now. So uh, I I know exactly what's out here. I think I've like explored all the, the flora and the fauna. And I've, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people that come through out here. I just found a really nice spot and it's so peaceful and so good. And I, I know I could trust the dog. So normally I'm a hundred percent helicoptery and, you know, it's too <laughs> it, much. It's a beautiful land. Yeah, I've been following you on Instagram. Uh, I've been seeing all the videos and everything you've been posting. It's like, damn, like you are living probably my dream life i'm sure you've heard that before many times i'm i'm like super happy for you you found something that works for you what's funny is um i've known who you were for a while now but i've done more research since you accepted my invite thank you for doing that you are you were like kind of like a graphic and web designer right like that's exactly what i do so i completely i was telling my wife last night i was like I was like, Andrew's like, he's like, uh, he's like me, but like, I want to be where he is. Man. I think <laughs> like, we're kindred. I, I, I well, do too. The funny part is I want to be where you are because I'm like, I'm pretty tired of this traveling a lot around. I'm pretty tired of being single. You know, I've, I listened to your, thanks for posting that last episode that you posted about how you came to be a podcast, which mm. was really um helpful for me to get a grip wow. to where you're coming from good timing thank you um, but yeah good good stuff you've been producing i'm really i'm really happy to be here and uh, and chat with you and see what else we have in common yeah there's going to be a lot of things i appreciate you saying that uh, it's funny that you know why i started this and you are basically like the epitome of like the guest i'm trying to get and yeah i i, I mean it's i'm like blown away that you're here right now I'm I'm honored that you're here right now. Um, You have, like, seriously, if if I can find a way to kind of do what you do, I'm going to, I'm going to try to figure that out. Maybe I'll figure that out during this conversation. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I think ideally I, I would recommend a balance, you know, I would, I don't, you're, you're, uh, well, you just got married. Congratulations. Just got married. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, And is your wife a traveler type? Does she, does she she oh yeah you guys are going to iceland yeah yeah Um, and so if she's a traveler type now does she like small confined spaces she's a camper she's more of a camper than i am i'm more of a glamper she's a camper yeah she all right well the perfect meet in the middle point is the van i I know i know so it's uh interesting because the the grocery list uh is uh you know van it's 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 a possibility we i've actually interviewed multiple people that are traveling in vans and it's it's very interesting to get their story of how they just kind of like left everything behind and they're seeing the world and every day's a new experience and there is excitement in that there's also 
it's probably like you said, a balance, right? There's nice like stability and comfort with waking up in the same area every day, kind of knowing where you're going to get food, the grocery store, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's the same, but yeah, it's finding the, finding a balance is uh, quite the key in life. I'm having a hard time with that right now. Um, With, with the whole work thing, I got to learn to set boundaries. Work has given me a little bit of anxiety right now. It's just a little, little too much. You have a, you have a job aside from this. Yes. Yep. This is where I'm interviewing you. Um, and, uh, and because I noticed your time, like you, you, you sent me over an invite to select the time where <laughs> and everything started at one o'clock and I was like, we're going on at one o'clock, but you're on the East coast and that's four uh-huh. o'clock. So you have uh-huh. a job and then you get home and then you do this. And that's a lot. It's a lot, but I tell you what, as you probably know, like it's, it's a passion. I don't see this cool, as right? like a job or like a responsibility or like, oh, darn, I got to go podcast somebody. It's like, this is this is like my passion. This is what I get amped about. And especially having like great guests like you on is like, it gives me energy. Like when I saw you said yes to my invite and I saw you sign up, it's like, yeah, like it just makes my day. I guess I get so pumped with that. So So I've been really excited for this as well. I don't do a lot of podcasts. um, And maybe it's because I'm not, uh, I'm, you know, I'm at a weird point where it's like, I don't know, I'm on the Instagram and I'm semi-active and I'm always working on something new, but I'm not super vocal or not good at self-promoting. Mm. And, um, and I think I, I think I fall short on a, a lot of what kind of social media requires of people these days in that constant barragement of like, of this is what I'm doing now. And it's the dopest thing I've ever done in my life. And like yeah. that kind of energy that I can't hit because I have like way too much self-doubt and so it, it it i could never like never find that voice that that and and i think my uh my publisher wishes that i could do a little more but they're so patient with me and they're so kind with me that i'm also super grateful that i, I have them on my side all the time because uh they don't ask me but i know that they would like that if i like but i'm i'm figuring it out um like I know, I know that videos are really good and reels and TikToks and that. And I'm trying to find a pace that's honest because if I don't, I'll end up doing like, here's the top 10 spots you're going to find in Baja, California. <laughs> Come on with me, let's travel. And <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do that. So I got to find my honest point. Where can I? And I think, uh, I think a lot of people like, man, I'm scrolling. I do TikTok now, um, like occasionally, and I'm not good at it. And I'm just starting out, but I'm scrolling through it sometimes. And I'm getting a lot of videos of like, here's how to go viral on TikTok. And it's like, here's the, what the algorithm, algorithm needs from you and all this. And these videos are like super popular. It, it's the equivalent of the self-help book mm. uh, where the author made it big by making the self-help book. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the equivalent of that. And like, <laughs> it's, it's just like, okay, you're, you're, you're going, you're going big on TikTok for talking about how to go big on TikTok, but what, what, what? <laughs> and the, I think the true, the, the truth behind it is like honesty and vulnerability is, is where it's at. Honesty and vulnerability connects with people, but like true vulnerability, mm. not performative vulnerability. Mm. And there is like, it is hard to find that as well because when you're even like i don't know you could see that vulnerability in people and sometimes you could see the the performative stuff and they're all finding a truth and i love it all and uh and and it's 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 a it's a lot of the times it's incredible to watch but yeah there's that performative vulnerability and the real raw vulnerability where where you're like oh 
it's hurting and they're showing it and that's yeah uh, i'm hurting that way uh and that's beautiful you know yeah i i connected we can talk about that i guess maybe momentarily but with some of your posts over the last few years i've I've connected with that to a level that only i think a few people can can maybe perhaps understand um but yeah social media is like it's one of those like necessary evils right it's like you you don't want to be that person always on your phone always taking pictures always taking videos because you want to be in the moment but then again it's like okay well you know if you want to perhaps like succeed in specific areas you want to reach your fans and your fan base and keep people informed you got to be on your phone you got to take the pictures and like the, the best way to probably do that is probably set up some kind of like a cadence on like a specific day of the week a specific time just remind yourself to upload something or whatever just kind of have that kind of like a routine built into a schedule yeah, or something would but... that be something i don't know what routine means <laughs> uh, that's that's great though yeah I've that's no obviously uh, but that's, that's not that's something i need to work on as well um because there is a lot of value in like in being able to set uh yeah set those those are those are essentially boundaries right with yourself yeah. Yeah. to be able to do these things that you need to do um uh i i don't know this is kind of a tangent on that but like i feel like um there are things in my life that i that that indicate that i love myself and i love my future self and those are like little small things and but they're 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 almost routine things where i'm gonna it's a funny one i grind my teeth at night Hmm. so my dentist got me a uh or I, I went to my dentist and i got a uh a, a mouth guard or whatever it's called mm-hmm. uh what is it called a mouth guard i wear retainers at night so it's yeah it's um essentially that it's the yeah, top retainer. I, yeah mouth guard yeah i guess it is a yeah mouth guard. Mm-hmm. and uh so i got one of those and i was laughing with my dentist and i was like you guys should be you guys should have a therapist built in because if someone's grinding their teeth at night, there is a deeper issue than grinding your teeth at night. And huh. it's not about just giving you a mouth guard and solving that, but like figuring out. So I'm like, well, if I haven't figured out what's, you know, bothering me, then I maybe deserve to grind my teeth. But the 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 moment of self-love is the moment where I put that uh, mouth guard in before I go to bed, because I'm like, this is like a long-term commitment to taking care of my future self. This yeah. is less pain in the future in the dental office, but this is also like really saying, there, there's a nihilism to not putting my mouth guard in at night. And it is a, a very vocal, a very loud, very obvious um, kind of like uh, masochism to like, wait, masochism is the personal one, right? Sadism is the one it's more people. I think so. I think that's about that's right. Yeah. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> Let's Google that. Sadism, I think it's <laughs> when, you, when you like punish yourself, right? Like this is a total funny tangent, but um. But yeah, there's there's that there's that element of self love when I put that in, and I'm like, I'm like this is for my future self. But when I don't put it in, it's because I'm like depressed. I'm like, what's the point? Like, mm. I'm gonna die someday anyways. I'm not gonna like like who really cares? How much longer am I even gonna last? Uh, like I'm 40 mm. now. I'm falling apart. I'm alone. It's over. I'm not gonna put my my mouth guard in. Um, but when I do, it's a, it's a, it's this tiny little element of radical self-love of like, I'm going to put my mouth guard in because I care about myself now, but because, because I care about myself long-term and it's, it's such a like little small thing, um, that and taxes, 
if I do my taxes, I'm like keeping on, on, and that's the routine thing. Like if I did something every week, um, I'd be on board, I'd be on, on top of that and I wouldn't have to worry about that. But it's all, it's all like these stupid little real life situations that kind of, um, prove to yourself that you care about yourself long term. Oh, yeah. You yeah. want your future self to be in a, in a good position. It's, you know, I could have used a much better metaphor, like going to the gym or something like that, <laughs> but, um, no, I, uh, Oh, no way. I say skip rope because I'm Canadian, but you say uh, jumping rope? Jump rope. Jump yep. rope. Yeah. Yep. Jump rope. Yeah. I saw that. You're from Ontario, right? Yes. Yes. Are you, are you in the Northeast? I was. So I was born in upstate New York. I went to school in Buffalo, which is obviously not too far from Toronto at all. Basically Canada. What's that? Basically Canada. Basically Canada. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> lived in Connecticut for a couple of years. I, I've been in North Carolina now for about. 13 14 years now so right. whereabouts uh the raleigh durham area oh awesome awesome yeah. I, I spent a lot of time in wilmington that's a great time i love that's wilmington. A really good time. i love Asheville. i got so many good friends out there and i miss them a lot yeah my uh wife went to app state and so she's a huge fan of the mountains out there in the yeah. boone area um yeah. they have a beach house uh on the ocean so yeah and north carolina's got a little bit of everything which is really nice and a little bit of pollen right now which is not fun but oh no oh i was there. <laughs> i was there this time last year and my and my allergies were destroying me yeah, yeah. you got like you got so many different um pollinators in we, we really do yeah. um but yeah no i i want to hit on a few of the things that you just said right there um have you ever read the book atomic habits it just reminded me to ask you that i think i did i think, yeah. I, I, think I have that's one of those books where i I read a lot of self-help books and then I forget them almost immediately after. Yeah, I get that. Sure that Atomic Habits is in my lexicon. I get that. Yeah, I because it's one of those things where you kind of like do like these small things, one percent every day will yeah. add up over time, type of thing. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. There's definitely times where I'm in bed, at bed, I brush my teeth, and I'm just ready to pass out. I'm like, oh, I forgot my retainer. Do I get up and get it, or do I just say, forget it? I'll do it yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. But most of the time it's, I think it was helped. Honestly, I had Invisalign for two and a half years and it was like, honestly, like I paid so much freaking money for that. Like I am not letting these teeth go bad. <laughs> I never want to do that ever again. So, uh, I, I put so much time and effort towards it that I, I can't give that up. Um, yeah. That's also a, a good, uh, a good solid anchor in the past, but that was your past self, uh, caring about your future in a big way. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny that I, I, I've said on my podcast multiple times that like a lot of times, like I look in the future and I just, I try to pretend I'm in the future and like, well, I regret not doing something today. Well, I go on this trip and not regret seeing this or what I, you know, whatever. I always just kind of try to look back and say, well, I regret doing that or not doing that. Yeah. Um, right now. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm not always right, but it, I think it's a good way to live because I don't really live by regret. So that's it's yeah. super helpful. That wow. was where that was what inspired me. Um, I think it was on my 37th birthday. Um, when uh, I was turning 37 on my 37th birthday, believe it or not. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I asked, like, I was like, what is the best gift that I could give myself? Because I'm, 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 uh, I'm always uh, alone on my birthday. No, I, <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah. 
what can I give myself? What can I, what, what is the best thing that I can give myself? I was like, well, like a retroactive year of like good health would be awesome. If I could like, maybe like I thought to myself, it was, I think it might've been during the pandemic and I was drinking a lot and I was like, what about a year of sobriety? What if I gave myself one full year of like being completely sober from all drugs, all alcohol. And, uh, I said, that would be, that would be really good. That would be dope. Um, then I said, oh, wait, well, I could do that, but now I have to be proactive. I have to, I have to abstain from that for one year. But then when I turned 38, I could reclaim that gift from my 37 year old self to my 38 year old self. And, 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 and then I could, you know, reap the benefits from that. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. And I'd only done like dry Januaries and stuff like that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've always found them incredibly helpful. Um, as alcohol is just like one of the worst things on this planet. Um, though I, I do kind of love it. So <laughs> that's the problem. Uh, but, uh, but so I did it. And come my 38th birthday, I was like, man, I did it. Like, this is, I feel amazing. That's I awesome. Got a bunch of things accomplished. And I was like, I'm going to do another year. So I did two years, um, completely sober. Wow. And, and then the third year came, I was like, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I, my buddy has a mezcal company or like he imports mezcal into Canada. Uh, and it's, and I've, I tried like one sip of it, like two days before I went sober. And uh, I was like, damn, this is really good. But then two years <laughs> went by and I was like, okay, I could try it now. Um, and I was starting to get into natural wines right before I went sober. And I was really enjoying that. Um, and so I, I was like, there's things that I miss. So I'm going to now, when I turned, I think I got the years wrong. When I turned 40, I said, okay, I'm going to let myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself one year to see if I can balance it well. And then if I can't, by my 41st birthday, I'll take another year off. And mm-hmm. I think that you take yourself away from that for a certain amount of time and you're less likely to want to go back to it uh, for the most part, though, or like your body can't handle it anymore because you're mm-hmm. really, like, you're poisoning your brain, right? And with 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 alcohol, there's an Andrew Huberman or Huberman. Uh, have you heard that one where he talks about um, what alcohol does to the body? I'm about halfway through it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> So good. Well, it's so good. And you're like, oh man, I can't. I know. Yeah. You almost don't want to know. It literally poisons. It's a toxin that goes directly into your brain because alcohol goes through your blood brain barrier, which protects your brain from all of the toxins, except alcohol can go through it. So you're literally like you're getting drunk is poisoning is, is just feeling the effects of being poisoned. And so you're literally, you're damaging your brain. And, uh, and so it's not good. Mm-hmm. I told this to a, a French friend of mine and <laughs> I was telling him about this episode. He loves to drink. And he was like, I call bullshit. I don't <laughs> it's like, you do you, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some people don't want to hear. I, I feel like for me, it's almost like the same way. Like when it comes to like sugar, like having like a sweet tooth, like if you make the commitment of just like, all right, I'm not going to have like sweets for two, three, four weeks after a while. Like I don't even really want the sugar or yeah. you can only handle like a little bit at a time. I don't know where that goes. Cause right now I'm on like a sugar <laughs> rush still, but it comes um, back. It, it does it come back. Easily creeps back, right? It is that's the the addictive quality of it. And I don't know, being down here in Mexico and like all the drinks are shaker drinks, mm-hmm. and uh, there's so much candy. I mean, the U.S. and Canada don't have it any better. Uh, most of the world, really, for 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 that matter, uh, um, have a real problem with sugar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. An addiction to sugar that is like, man, it is it is. 
it's 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 never going to um get old going into um a gas station and just the like the assault of colorful wrap plastic wrapping paper with sugar inside of it and i hope that someday we look back at that and say like what were we thinking like <laughs> what how did we just line our shelves with plastic around sugar and call it different names and we just went to town we just went nuts well it's like I'm, cereals growing up i don't know if you grew up the same way i did but oh, all those man. cereals were absolutely terrible <laughs> so bad cereals, brunch. that's the best i yeah. told you we are related in some way somehow that's, <laughs> yeah. that is, that's the best when you get to just the milk and you're just drinking the milk with all the sugar <laughs> in it you're like a ton of little cinnamon toasts i nothing, love cinnamon nothing better like a ton of little french toasts you know they actually sell that as like um I don't want to say like it's a spice or whatever, but like they sell cinnamon toast crunch, like thing where you can sprinkle on your oh, food yeah. in a store. Now it's like, wow. what? That's wow. so dangerous. Super Man, I had food. a, I had a job. I, um, there's a part of me that regrets turning this job down. Um, but there is a part of me that is, is happy. I did, but it, it was, it was a job for, uh, um, Kell or is it Kellogg's who makes Oreos and all those Nab ones? Nabisco. Uh, one of those Nesquik. I, I don't know. Probably Mars. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably probably Mars I don't know. Um, but it was uh, it was one of those big uh, cereal companies or food companies, and they were like, um, they were like, okay, this is the campaign. We have we have three cereals. We have um, uh, there was Oreo cereal, um, chocolate chip cookie, like Chippets cereal. And then there was a third one that was just another cookie. And it was literally these cookies were turned into cereals. And oh my God. It, you could buy them, but it was a promo for it. And it was through this, through this agency. And they were like, and, and I came back and I was like, I need money. Um, but that like really hurts my integrity. So I put the, the number really high so that I was like, well, if they do hire me and I have to do this, then at least I'll make a lot of money from it. And they came right. back with something slightly lower. And I was like, nah, I just, I just can't. And then what were you going to do? What was the, what was the job for you? Oh, it was horrible. I would have to post on Instagram. The campaign was how high can you stack it? And you take a cereal, uh, you take a spoon and you, and no shame to people who, who, who do social media promoting of things and influencer campaigns. I have, I have, I am no one to talk against any of them because I have done some terrible, <laughs> but this one in particular just like push the limits, but it was like, how high can you stack it? You take a, the goal, you just take a spoon and you stack them high and then, and then you post a photo of you stacking your cereal high and say, how high can you stack it? I say, how high can you stack it? Interesting. And, um, I don't know. I'm, I hope I didn't sign an NDA on that one. <laughs> but no, I, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. And that was, I think the, the, the downfall of my influencer side where, where I started saying no to things that just really like, I couldn't do them. I, I, I think the last one that I did that I felt terrible on was the Amazon one. And there is those, there's that balance of, um uh, of like, I don't know. I often I would turn these down and then I would see a buddy of mine who who ended up doing the campaign. And I was like, I have nothing against this person. They did a good job. They're making money good for them. Like it's mm -hmm. either them or someone else. 
And so eventually I would take a campaign and then feel bad about it. But that's that's my like um, my internal like um, moral gauge, which is always all over the place. Uh, but the last one I think I did that I that I I was uh, I ha I felt shame for was Amazon. And then I was I was just like, I can't I just can't live with that. But then I don't know, come they, they, they get you when you're down. And I'm like, well, I need money now. <laughs> if uh, if the serial people wanted me to stack them high, I might do that right now. <laughs> okay, so listen, man. Here you go. Stack them campaign. <laughs> like, uh, I'll let is. you. I'll let you post that two second clip right there on Instagram. <laughs> go ahead and tag him. See if he can make some money off of that. <laughs> so, with you so do they like find you for these campaigns because of how big you've gotten because of your books? Is that kind of like a side effect of what's happened here um that was fully a social media thing like no most most of these can't most of these agencies didn't even know that i had books you know mm. I, I would imagine but occasionally they'd have like i don't know someone working at the agency who uh who was a fan mm -hmm. and so they'd be like this campaign is coming up we need someone we need like a dog influencer and like oh i, I like i know a guy but um i don't know i i i think like I come across as a nice guy on Instagram. I like to think that I'm a nice guy, um, but I think well, you're I also Canadian, right? So <laughs> I have that going for me. Yes, I do have to be nice by law. Um, but they, but but you know, they'd be like, oh, I, "I like Andrews. He's, he's he's got a good whatever, and uh, and we should choose him for the campaign." This this worked to my advantage in uh, when I was in Spain, and um, or I was in Europe, and there was this there's this European energy company. That's really big. And uh, they were doing a worldwide campaign to promote their clean energy. And uh, this was in 2018. And I happened to be in Spain when they wanted to meet with me. And their headquarters was in Spain for this. It's like one of the world's biggest uh, advertising agencies. And they were doing this ridiculously big campaign. And, um, and when I asked them, like, how much they were going to pay for it, I thought it was a typo. And I was like, okay, this would, because I'm like huge in debt right now. I just bought a van and I'm completely broke and I don't know how I'm going to pay for the rest of my European trip. And so then this thing came in and I was like, Hey, did you, did you, did you type this correctly? Is this the right amount of dollars? And they're like, Oh no euros. And I was like, okay, what? <laughs> I was like, this wow. is great. I'd never been paid uh, this amount. And, but like on the, on the same campaign, there was like Liam, uh, Liam Hemsworth, uh carla souza she's like a um i think she's a mexican actress uh, very big here uh and then there was like they were choosing one person from like a lot of different countries where they had um presence and then so they came to canada they're like oh, what about andrew knapp I, and i'm 100 sure that the person that chose me just followed me on instagram and liked me as a person wow we should choose andrew for canada and they're like okay and i think when i asked the number um because it was like this is where I, I like, I can't believe that they chose me. I think it was a big error. Um, <laughs> but then they got so far along and they ended up meeting me because I was in Spain and I happened to go to the meeting in person and they met Momo and they were like, we love you guys. We definitely want. And then I ended up meeting up with the the campaign or the, the, um, the, uh, the agent, uh, the main campaign manager. Mm -hmm. And we met up in, in uh, Athens and we just like met up for dinner and we had some drinks and then we went out that night and we like, we ended up in this, uh, in this, um, uh what is it called rage 
den where you like break glass and TVs and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I would love to do that. Yeah, a rage. <laughs> yeah, room. and then she yeah. confided in me. I was like, I don't like this person that I'm working with, so I'm gonna get my rage out of this person. And then we just had like a great night and really good energy together. And then and then uh, I, she was like, well. I was like, well, there's no way they don't hire me for this now. <laughs> like we had, we have a personal connection and we, it was, it was really fun. That's so I ended awesome. up doing that campaign. All I had to do was like three, like 30 second videos of me talking about how, uh, I think we have to take care of the environment. And I was like, I could do that. Yeah. You can get behind that too. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the funny thing is this was 2018. My video was about how, uh, I don't want to see a future where everyone has to wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, wow <laughs> ironically yeah so it's your fault <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> but that was i don't know that was fun that ended up paying for my european trip and i was broke by the time i got home anyway <laughs> worth uh, it so worth yeah. it yeah 90 seconds total shit that's awesome yeah well tell you what happen anymore <laughs> well i don't know now it's, now it's a struggle to like now it's just i i, I hope like i barely make it by I can't make it by with the books alone because I make a, you know, a lot of kids books, authors, they'll, they'll, they'll produce a, a couple of books a year. Mm. I get to make, I like, I pour my heart and soul into it and I don't want to burn myself out with it. So I do a book every year or two. And, mm. uh, and that's been a really good pace for me. Unfortunately, that meant that I only had time to make like five books with Momo. Um, but I think that's also pretty good and pretty cool and pretty like, I don't know. Um, I am proud looking back at the at the stack of books, and it's literally what I what I see when I see my stack of books is is like um, is photo here. is like memories with Momo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is it may, it, like I said. I feel like a connection when 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 I see this and I get this, and you know, I knowing that. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're probably still going through like the grieving process. I mean, I, I, I know I still am. And, but like, what do you, what, what do you think when you, when you see this cover, like, what's your first thought? Um, damn, what a perfect dog, you know, <laughs> what an absolutely perfect dog in every way I can. Like, uh, it's been a long time since, well, since that book. And it's like, it's been a few years now since he's passed a year and a half. But it's hard, and you might have experienced this with Coda as well, where it's hard to see him in his youth in my memory. Mm. I see him in uh, in his older age. I see him when he had a hard time swimming or running, and mm. um, that's like that's my freshest memories of him. And maybe it's early onset dementia for me. I don't know, but like I feel like I'm forgetting like. I remember him running nonstop. And, um, you know, I remember uh, certain things like we used to go out to the middle of a field, a big open field, and I would have a ball and whatever the chuck it or something, or even just a stick. Mm-hmm. And I would go stand in the middle of the field and I'd be about to throw it. And then he would start running left and I would start just turning and I would just spin in circles slowly in the middle of this field. And he would run giant, giant loops around me non-stop he would just run for like 10 minutes non-stop and then i would launch the stick or the ball and then he would grab it and bring it back to me we'd do it again um it was like my turbo workout for him uh and he just loved it he lived for it but i remember i remember that i remember doing that like on beaches and and in, in fields and in forests and he'd love like when he would do it in the forest he would like you know deep between the tree trunks and 
uh, you know, show off his agility. Um, it has so much fun. I try that with Yayan Boo sometimes, but they don't, they don't know how. Yeah. At it right now. Hey, <laughs> that's, I'm glad they have each other. That's, oh man, that's great. They're obsessed with each other. They get along well. <laughs> that that's is fun. wonderful. And I think, and I know you have, you have a family of dogs right now. You have three. Yeah. And maybe I could be, I'm going to guess where you're going, but I could be wrong. Is that when, so Coda, I think you remember her name when she was 12, I got Raven. Uh, yeah. when she was, she was a puppy. And mm. I, cause I, cause I remember it's funny. I'm looking at the, the cover of your book and I remember it was like every day I came home from work and I would see Coda's head in the upstairs window waiting for me to come home. And I said, I'm never coming home to an empty house or that's just going to absolutely destroy me. Yeah. So good. I got Raven and yeah, what a difference, a 12 year old and a puppy. And then when Coda got older, it was like I had yeah. a two year old and a dog that wasn't walking very well, but yeah, yeah I think what took me a long time to recognize was I could never duplicate coda with raven raven was always going to be her own dog and her own personality and thank god because her personality is <laughs> insane but i tried a lot to kind of like use coda as like a reference point to train her to get some of her personality to rub off on her and all that stuff but mm-hmm. you know it took me it took me a long time to realize i was not going to have a coda too i was going yeah. to have a different dog yeah um yeah, yeah, and 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 did Coda take to Raven, or was Coda like I don't know? Coda was no, it was um in the first like month or two, she kind of imposed her alpha on her, but then after a while, I think she enjoyed having her around. It kept her young a little bit for sure. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's good. yeah, and I, I think you know Momo and Boo were kind of the same, but but uh, Boo was like Boo was advertised as a border collie puppy. Mm-hmm. And I was stoked to get another border collie, and Boo is zero percent border collie. Is there's, <laughs> I think they put that in there because they knew that I would. They knew that they knew that people would adopt those dogs immediately. They're and, smart. Uh, they found them behind a Whataburger in Corpus Christi, Texas. That's that's oh, wow. that's his roots. That's all they know. But that he was a uh, like five weeks old when they found him. But um, yeah, Momo didn't entirely take to Boo. Um, they never fought. And they played occasionally, but it wasn't like, uh, I don't know. It was like, if you, if you have, if you if your grandpa lived alone in a house and then you <laughs> introduced a teenager, it's going to be the same situation. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, when, when Momo passed though, and yeah, having Boo there was, was so important. I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine like driving. Cause I, I drove to Ontario from British Columbia with Momo. Um, wow. my, my sister had a, a mental or my brother had a mental health crisis that year. And, uh, uh, so I drove back home with the dogs. And when I got there, uh, I was like, there's no way Momo was making it back. That was too hard on him. And, uh, and he's just not happy. And, and I spent a month or two there. And at the end of that, I was like, this is it. He can't, um, uh, he just can't do it anymore. So mm-hmm. we, we, uh, you know, I, I, I put him down uh that summer i think it was uh august is it august or september and uh october i can't remember 2021 and and then i drove back to british columbia in the span and uh and but i had boo and uh it was so it was so uh 
it was so interesting because like boo was always second fiddle he was always uh in the background boo was the second dog and momo was he took so much he took so much energy because he needed so much help i had to hold him up to pee and to drink water and and uh you know i had to i was i was i was literally holding him up mm-hmm. and uh so i didn't have a lot of time for boo you know i trained boo I, I i did my best it was also during the pandemic most of it so um but uh so i don't know then then i had my one on one time with boo and then i was at that point i was like well, this is like this dog is amazing mm-hmm. once you get to what well, i don't for me it feels like it's about a year it's about a year and i don't know if a year a year and a half to really connect with a dog and then this is like it's really strange i noticed this with boo and yaya is that it took me some time to connect with both of those dogs and just actually i think it was yesterday i was thinking to myself it's like is that how long it takes me to connect with with people as well and do i need to give people more of a chance to be in my life to to like to see if i I can connect with them is is that like is that a common thing or like because it, it was consistent with Boo and Yaya, um, or is it just anecdotal, you know, where it took it took a year and a half to like really connect with the dogs, and um, Boo was like, yeah, Boo Boo now he's like, oh man, I I I connect so deeply with that dog. He's got real strong boundaries, and so he doesn't like he's not a snuggly guy. He'll rest his head on my foot and he'll rest it hard, which mm-hmm. I I love. Like Momo mm-hmm. used to rest his head on me. But it would, I felt like he would not put the full weight down. You know, he would just kind of like put his head down and just hold his head up. <laughs> uh, but Boo just like drops his weight and he's got a heavy head and it, it's just adorable. And I love his little face. And, um, but yeah, it took me some time to connect with him. And it also took me some time to connect with Yaya. So, mm. you know, sometimes I think it maybe for some people like me, it just takes some time to like really get to know uh a dog at least but uh i mean i love i love them both immediately obviously i'd do anything for them but but to deeply connect with them was a different was a different thing especially yeah. yeah, yeah in the ass <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the worst out of the three he's he was not the best dog i've ever had and not the second either um <laughs> but like where, where Momo used to learn how to do things after the first time I showed him not to, or to like, like Momo, I want you to do this, or Momo, you can't eat this, or Momo, you can't pull on the leash, and that kind of thing. He was like, okay, I'll never do it again, Dad. It was like, thanks, Momo, you're the best. <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can't do that. And he's like, what? Can't do what? <laughs> and he would keep chewing on whatever he's chewing on. And I'm like, wow, some dogs are hard. And yes. now I realize people are like, my dog's not learning. Is there something I'm doing wrong? And I'm like with Momo and he's perfect. I was like, I guess I'm just good at this. Now I'm like, <laughs> okay, some dogs need a lot, a lot more love. It's just like people. Some people like to be little shits. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm actually going through something similar now with Nova. I got Nova a month after Coda passed away because not only did I need to have one around, I got used to having two around and I yeah, needed yeah. that young so, youth, youthful energy to kind of like get me up and excited again and get my mind off of, off of that. But uh, yeah, uh, she's a COVID puppy and now we're having issues with her being timid, nervous, working on social anxiety and stuff. It's just like every dog is different. Every dog has its own personality and it's it takes time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's 
one of these days, uh, hopefully I'll be a dad or whatever. And I guess in a weird way, it's kind of preparing me for having kids at some point. Every kid's probably different, has different needs and different outlets. And uh, teaching you, reminding you what patience is. Yeah, I suppose. I think for sure. A lot of that. We um we found a place here in North Carolina area um that has obstacle courses and stuff. So we brought them last week for the first time ever to do obstacle courses, and they were wow. so happy jumping up and down the balance beams and stuff like that. It's like huskies, right? Yeah, huskies. huskies. Yeah, huskies. Yep, they're uh, you know the energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are pulling dogs, right? Yes, and they pull me. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um. Yeah, this is I, I feel like a big connection and not to keep going on the grooving path. We'll talk about some more fun moments here, but I will say you posted something, I don't know, it was a week or two ago with the collar and uh jingling. That's just yeah. like yeah, like I'm telling you, man, like it's been two and a half years for me, and there are things like that I'll watch and I'll just tear up a little bit and in like a good way, you know, it's kind of like yeah, it brings me course. back and of course. It's, you know, I do find it ironic as well that um, after she passed, my sister is a reading teacher and she mentioned, she goes, you know, like there's always something I want to do to honor her and her life because she, it's amazing how many people, as, as you probably know, how many people reached out after she passed with what a great dog. She was amazing. I loved her, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I still want to, I need to figure this out, how to make a children's book with Coda as a character. So, cause I want people to know who she is and bring smiles to kids' faces and families all over the country, if not the world or whatever. And that's something that you have here. You have in this book where for years and years, probably beyond when we're all gone, you're going to be bringing smiles and laughter to people all over the world. And I think that's just I don't know of a better gift. I just don't know of a better gift the dog and you an owner can give to everybody around the world. That's just, it's the coolest thing to me. And I would love, I would love yeah. to have that for myself. And you have that. I think that's absolutely incredible. Well, you should make that book. Absolutely. Um, I've, I've been like, so I'm, I'm working on, or the, the release date is August 29th for let's find Yaya and boo which is a, now a longer title. So it started as Find Momo. And then the children's book was Let's Find Momo. Um, and, then, and then I have Let's Find Momo Outdoors. And then and now I'm doing Yaya and Boo. So it's called Let's Find Yaya and Boo in, wait, at home, which is the longest time <laughs> I've pushed into this box. And I hope it's not too long, but it's of the Find Momo family. But there's this this element about this book that's really, really important to me. And it's the fact that we're not trying to lassie Momo. We're mm -hmm. not trying to, you know, say that this is Momo. And and originally I brought that to the table with Yaya. And I was like, when Yaya was a puppy, I was like, we should make a book about like the Momo origin stories. And Yaya will play the part of Momo because Yaya is Momo's nephew. Which I think is awesome, by the way. I think there's got to be a part of you that just loves to know that. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, but uh, the publisher didn't go for it, and I'm glad they didn't. And um, we took our time with it instead, and and we ended up settling on why why don't we just make another children's book? Um, you know, your children's books do well, so why don't we see if like Yaya and Boo have the goods? And it's like, yeah, absolutely. So I mm -hmm. I poured my heart into it. Uh, it comes out in August, and let's find Yaya and Boo outdoors and or in at home. 
but it's the 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 fact that it's grounded in reality and any any child who's reading or enjoying um let's find momo and then they're given this other book called let's find yayambu and you know where where they're pointing at yaya and they're saying momo and their parents have to say no that's yeah momo's not here anymore and mm. that's like for me that maybe that could be uh, a conversation for some of these kids in, in understanding that life is impermanent understanding that um uh, that that not everyone is going to be around forever uh, and that's okay you know and that there is like um as Cher put it uh love after Mm. Love. life after love do you believe in love after life right or i don't know <laughs> either way i think it's interchangeable um but <laughs> i just had to put share in there but um <laughs> but no so that that was really important to me to keep that grounded in reality and and mm -hmm. and have and give that opportunity for that conversation if 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 the parents are so you know willing to 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 bring it up, maybe it's going to be an opportune moment when the kid asks, "Why isn't this Momo?" And so I'm I'm working on another book, an illustrated book, um, that'll come out next year. Uh, and I think the tentative title um, is "Find Momo Everywhere," and it's uh, it's it's really about um, it's really it's it's literally my story about Momo loving to play hide and seek and then um and then Momo dies and, and and you better believe that I was in coffee shops writing this and crying um writing these cute little rhymes but being like oh oh that hurts that hurts ouch 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 but getting it out and and like connecting that part of me that that um that wants to tell this story um but you know, in the in the end, you can still find that dog um, anywhere you look, and in the memories that you have of them, and all that, all that cutesy kind of like I don't know. It, it's it's we're not saying that dogs all go to heaven. We're not saying that you know um, you know this dog is alive as a ghost or anything like that. We're saying like um, you can still find that within yourself because there's a lot that you learn from him. There's a lot that he's taught that that he learned from you, and and these are a lot of torches that you can keep carrying, but. I'm hoping it'll be a tool, um, even even for those parents that had to explain, you know, let's find Yayambu is, you know, not with Momo because of this. They can give them this other book that says, here's what happened, you know. That's um, big of you. Tools. And these are like, I think these are important tools. And, um, you know, the way, I, the way I see it also, like in a market that's, there, there are a lot of beautiful grief books out there and um for children and and they are they're illustrated and um they're lovely and you know they're written in all kinds of different ways and um when i when i first thought that i was going to be writing this book this children's this illustrated children's book about grief uh, or about loss i was like why would i write that there's already so many but the reason that you would do anything that's you know this, tell a story that's already been told is because you don't know who, uh, who's going to need to hear it in the way that you tell it and in the time that you tell it. You don't know who's going to know about you and recommend the book to a person who recently lost a dog and has kids and needs to explain that to those kids in a, in a way that they can connect with. You can get a kid a pile of books. They're not going to connect with every every one of them, just like you and I can get a pile of self-help books and you know three out of five of them are going to be mediocre at best. 
Um, there's going to be one that's going to be different for you and different for me that we connect with that means something to us that changes our lives that 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 teaches us something that we had to learn and like so the, there if you know the message ultimately is if you have a story to tell um, and you're worried that it's already a flooded market of like this story being told then you should still tell it you should absolutely tell it because you just don't know who needs to connect with your version of that story you mm. know? that's Awesome. That's I, I honestly like I applaud you for doing that. That'd be a really hard process for me to do and to think about the end of life and to write about it and to put it out there. That's I mean, that's it's but difficult. It's it's um it's cathartic in its own I, I bet it is sense as well. And there's um and I think uh as far as as far as loss goes, um uh you know losing momo was impossible um but the 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 love that i witnessed for him uh through losing him like and, and the love that poured in afterwards was so immense mm. so powerful uh that it really like it 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 really did help me move on in a really big way in a really in a you know like this isn't this this isn't love lost this is momo lost but the love is here like it is mm. so powerful and it is so strong and it's so beautiful and like and um and the things that i learned that i you know i still i still um use with yeah i am boo and and i still feel and i see through them and i mean i don't know if this has happened with you and we could move on from the subject of loss afterwards before one of us <laughs> but have you ever been at a a, a dog park or or just like a dog walks up to you and looks up at you and you look in this dog's eyes and you're just like taken aback and you're like, Oh my God, this is Coda. You know, because mm -hmm. I, I've done this I, three or four times at a dog park, a dog walks up to me, just determined to come and see me out of everybody and every dog at the dog park, they walk up to me and they look at me and I'm like, that's Momo, right? That's Momo's eyes. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he is, he is Momo and he's visiting and it is, and I like tear up every like this has happened uh, three or four times and at various dog parts doesn't matter where you are um it's uh yeah really it's it's nice you still feel it you know oh it's for sure i've i've had moments like that and the the first one was just it blew me away and it still blows me away so like i said the raven was the younger one at the time and that the night that she passed um yeah, her birthday was May twenty fourth. Five, is it really? Yeah, that was my birthday. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Uh, the, the yeah, coincidences are, are nuts. <laughs> um, but yeah, she woke up crying in the middle of her sleep that exact night. I was like. No one can tell me otherwise that she doesn't know something happened. She was just bawling her eyes out. I had to wake her up. I was like, I've never had to wake her up for crying like that. Never. Whoa. And then um, I get Nova and there's a picture of Coda in my house um, on my TV stand. I'd say a day or two into me getting Nova. She's just, I just catch her laying there staring at this photo, just staring at it for like 10 minutes. I took a picture of it and I was like, I was like, you know, I get these moments. Oh. So a while back, if you look into the vault of my podcast, I had a psychic medium on Michelle Bellinger, wow. and we were talking about 
seeing loved ones and pets again and stuff and she's yeah absolutely convinced you will you will see them again it's just i don't know whether you believe that or not it brought some yeah. some comfort to me for sure yeah those are really interesting i had a uh i spoke with a an animal communicator a couple weeks ago and uh i you know i think about it a lot really objectively and um obviously i'm in a sensitive state and i'm listening for like what makes sense here and i'm trying to like put it into the slot of like okay this means that hmm. and like you know how can i take what she's saying here and make it make sense for what i knew for him and um and it, and it is interesting that sometimes where she's off the mark and you're like okay that's just a miss that's fine mm-hmm. <laughs> but like i don't know if you're a really skeptical person you'd be like nah this is all bullshit but 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 in all honestly on all honesty um uh i think if you're open to it and if you're listening then it could be really healing mm-hmm. and uh and that's where that's where i left it basically is like she said some really powerful things that made me understand some of the things that momo did mm-hmm. and gave me a space to speak with momo which was really like um you know talking in a way uh i guess to myself and like understanding this part of me and my and, and giving me an ability to let go and 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 hold on where i need to where she was like she said like you have a talk coming up and i was like yeah i'm 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 i'm, I'm doing a um going i'm speaking at a conference later this year and she's like okay wow she's like well momo said that before you go up on stage to talk just call on him and he'll help you and he'll be there with you and like you know like it teared up a bit because that's yeah. like really lovely thing to hear um you know the, the you have a talk coming up i guess yeah, i can't relate to everyone everyone has a talk coming up i want to know what up every week though i get i mean i guess i don't, I don't consider this a, a talk <laughs> but if I don't know. Hear, but like if you were to hear that and she were to say you have a talk coming up yeah you'd be like, yeah yeah I'm, I'm talking to someone i'm talking to andrew on friday you know right yeah yeah um it's uh i don't know I don't know. I, I'm a skeptic. I'm skeptical about it, but I'm, but I'm also open to it. And I also understand that uh, skeptic skepticism won't help me heal in any way, mm. but like um, hopefulness and like openness and curiosity uh, will absolutely leave that book open, that healing book open, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, and, and you never know. And, and when you were talking about like, you know, families looking through that for the new book coming out with Yaya and Boo. Like, I think that's that's a great mindset to have. Like, have you thought about putting like a dedication page somewhere in there so that perhaps they could like read like if they wanted to? Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Um <laughs> and yeah, it's it's been an interesting one to write. It's been hard because I I'm really I really want to rhyme it. Uh mm. do you know Shell Shell Silverstein? I've heard. Yeah, I heard. Not familiar, but yeah. Um, he's one of those children's book authors that also did his own things on the side, and he and he and he uh, he still rhymed, but he talked a lot about um, adult matters, uh, mm. which is like uh, often really dark. Um, but it was in it, it had a, a rhyming sequence to it, which made it all very beautiful in a way. And I was just so dead set on rhyming it. So I've been writing it and my publisher, my editor said, why don't you try writing it in, in prose instead of, uh, instead of in verse. And, um, 
So, okay, I'll try. And I tried. I was like, this is not flowing. This is not coming out. This has to be rhymed. Mm. So I've just been rhyming it. Oh, um, I'm excited to see it. I can't wait to to read excited. that. And I'll definitely buy the book. And I don't. I got some more fun questions to to ask you if you're up for that. Let's do it, uh, man. Yeah. Let's, I, let's I will say like, like I'm so like, it's, it's hard to explain. What's that? Big topic. Yeah, it is. And, and, and like, I, I'm so like happy for you. The one, I guess you can say regret. I try not to live by my life. by regrets is like not making almost as many memories or bringing Coda to as many places as I wanted to and traveling and get the cool photos you have all of that. And there's got to be some solace in that and looking back at these books and the memories you've made. And let's go back kind of back to the beginning. It was like, when, at what point did this like start to take off? You're like, okay, hold on a second. This part at the beginning of the podcast. (laughs) I'll just tell people happy stuff is coming. Get get through (laughs) it. (laughs) Uh, No, it was like at the onset of Instagram and I was I was living in in uh, my hometown of Sudbury, Ontario, Canada, north of Toronto. And uh, if you've been there, it's a barren landscape. It's uh, it's black rocks and small trees, and um, and you're really forced to look for the beauty in it. And uh, but if you look, you'll find it. Kind of thing. Um, there's a Brian Eno quote that brings me back home all the time. It's beautiful things grow out of shit. <laughs> and uh, this is like the small town motto for any small town. I believe that like there are, there's so much beauty that comes out of a small place. Um, but for me, I, you know, I got Momo and he was a puppy and I had a yard and I had a house and we would, you know, explore the, the neighborhood and we would go to the park and it was like, this dog needs to get out further. And really I was speaking about myself, like mm. I need to get a little more. So we started exploring the, the, the trails around Sudbury and, realizing there's a whole network of trails there's beautiful lakes there's all these things and we'd go swimming and we'd go hiking and and uh and you know thanks to him i got pulled out into that world and then um at some point in those sudbury trails he would do this thing and this is where the animal communicator talked to me and said you know that thing where momo used to drop a stick at your feet and i was like yeah he used to do that and then go hide in the woods and that was his, that was like the whole thing that started the books where I started taking photos of him hiding because he was waiting for me to throw the stick and waiting in the woods. Oh my, the animal communicator was like, well, he did that because he wanted to show you how much he loved you. Like those mm. were everything to him. Those sticks are valuable. And like, this is, this is like his, not his currency, but this is his, how he shows his love. It's like, here's a gift. This is a wow. gift for you. And then he'd run off into the woods and I was like, wow, that's, that's heavy, man. But, um, but that was the that was the origins of of that. He would drop a, a stick at my feet, run off into the woods, and he would just be perfectly still. And I would be playing fine Momo uh, <laughs> middle of the woods alone, and being like, "This is cute. This is really funny." Like I could, I would laugh because I would. He would literally hide behind a rock or a a, a you know tree stump or something, or like in, go in like a, a a pile of grass. He would he would go in. He would go behind something and his head would pop over and um from behind it and it was it was adorable so i started taking photos on my like iphone 3gs or whatever it is at the time, <laughs> yeah. on instagram 1.5 <laughs> and um uh, with with valencia filter on top of it and uh, <laughs> that started 
Uh, if you have any um, Gen Z listeners, they're not going to know what that means. I know what it is. I definitely get it. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, we used to post those. And in that book that you have, if you look through it, it is basically a Valencia filter um, in those photos. But so these are all iPhone photos? A lot of them are. I so That's I great. To, well, half of them are iPhone because they were just too good not to include. Like that one with the rocks and the snow. Yeah. That was an iPhone photo. That was like iPhone 3GS. So it's impressive that like that phone was able to. There <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man, when I was flipping through this over the last week, you cannot help but laugh. It's you can't help but laugh at that. There he is. There he is. It's, it's, He's just it's, staring at you the whole no time. What age you are. I mean, come on. That's yeah. awesome. That yeah. is just, that is awesome. So, so those are iPhone photos as well. And, um, but like on the right, the photo on the right of the rocks, that's, that's Sudbury's landscape. That's like black rocks and small oh, trees wow. that I was talking about. Um, but that's like, so we started getting out. That fire truck was in Toronto. Um, and we started going on like little trips. We'd go down to Toronto. We'd, we'd, we'd go around Ontario. And then we took a trip um, through New England, actually, and took a whole bunch of photos out there. And um, so did you have this in mind when you were taking a trip? You're like, I'm just going to take a trip. Well, no, it went it went viral. And it was on, I don't know, like BuzzFeed and, and uh, what is that Panda one. And, and then like on ABC News and like all the all the networks picked it up. And, and I was like, oh, this is fuel. I, I listed out everyone that talked about it. I, I, um, I found a book that a couple of, I, I found a publisher that made books that I liked. And um, this one publisher in particular had this one book in particular that is uh, totally inappropriate. It's uh, is a book called Penis Pokey, where <laughs> it was a board book and there was a hole in the middle and there'd be like a picture what? of a hot dog. Oh my God. Hot dog with no hot dog in it. It was just a bun. And, uh, and it would say like invites the, you know, the, the user to finish the story, uh, but the book was so well illustrated and well-made. Uh, I was like, this is hilarious. And who made this and quirk books made it. And, uh, and I, I, I checked out what, what else they did. And I was like, oh, these are great. Like they good, good design mm. from a background of graphic, graphic design. This is important to me. And I wanted to, I didn't want to be doing the design of the books. I wanted to hand that off to someone else. And so I got in touch with Quirk, um, the first publisher I reached out to. They sent over a deal. I signed it without even reading it. And um, next, the next book that we did, I got a, a literary agent, which I should have done the first time. If uh, anybody's listening and looking to get a book deal or about to sign a book deal, get a literary literary agent first to just look over the contract. They'll just make it a little more fair in your favor. It'll always be in the publisher's favor. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. that it's a publisher. It just means that's what that's how it works. Um but uh, but I've been working with Quirk for uh, for the all my books are under Quirk. My next book is coming from, through Quirk. My 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 uh, book about loss is 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 through Quirk, and they're just they're 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 great to work with. They're so it's like an all female cast, um, which somehow works really well for me. They're just they're just um, they're just they're just there to take care and like to do all the hard work. <laughs> they do so much for me. Um, but uh, but yeah, I ended up finding a great publisher, and I'm 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 happy with them, and I'm just you know working on working on that, and uh, yeah, having fun. So, I, does that does that tell you the origin story? Roughly? Yeah, no, it does, and and I'm just curious. I'm flipping through all these like photos. Do you like remember all of these photos? Can you place yourself there, or is there something you kind of forget? For yeah. the most part, yeah. Open it to a random page. Let's test. Let's test me out. <laughs> let's do this. All right. All right. All right. Let's. 
All right. Where's this one? Oh, that's, um, well, that's Sudbury. Um, that's, uh, we have a lot of trains at Sudbury. I think that's off of, um, I forget the name of the road. I think it's Lorne <laughs> Street. Um, and the one, the left page is Roncesvalles in uh, Toronto. Oh, it says it right there too. It's on Roncesvalles yep. Street in uh, Queen West, basically. This is so awesome. Okay, so where's this one? Oh, good question. Um, I think that's in, um, I know where that is actually. That was the day, uh, that's in Maine, I think. I went to, um, do you know who Ray Lamontang is? Mm -mm. Who's that? He's a musician, an amazing musician. Anyways, I was I was in Maine and I I had read a story that said uh, Ray Lamontang just bought a house in Maine, and then the story literally said the address of his house. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> like because because it was like a a big house and it was a public public record or whatever. But it was like, oh my god, I'm like we're we're like 20 minutes from this location where Ray Lamontang just bought a house, and Ray Lamontang was like my number one. I I, I still absolutely love his music. You should Amazing. check him out. Amazing. Um, so I was like, well, let's just drive past the house. I bet you if it's like a, by the way, the story doesn't end in an interesting way where I get to meet <laughs> an artist. It's just a creepy story. Um, <laughs> I, we drove. I'd I do the same my, thing. I get it. <laughs> I was with my friend Zach and we drove past his house and I was like, oh my God, that's it. But it was just like a gate that went into the woods and you couldn't see the house. And I was like, cool. And I was basically thinking like, if I love this musician so much, then I probably love the place, like the location that he bought in. I'm sure he's very intentional about it. So uh, that photo is, I think was taken later that day, um, just like down the road from there. But I had, I had backed and I almost got stuck in his ditch with my little yellow van. In hindsight, I wish my van would have got stuck in Ray Lamontang's driveway I might have met the guy. Go ahead and knock on the door. Excuse me, sir. Do you have a phone I can borrow? <laughs> what are perhaps some of what's some of the most, I don't know, dog friendly places that you went with Mobo? Um, Berlin is way up there. Um, Berlin is so dog friendly. Um, also, like Southern California, I gotta say, is pretty good. Um I was I was spending some time in Costa Mesa. Um, I spent some time in uh, you know Joshua Tree, and um, L.A. in general. For the most part, even if there's a sign on the door that says no dogs allowed, they have to put that sign up. That they don't always mean it. Uh -huh. uh, you'll often see dogs inside, and and most of the time, I notice that in Costa Mesa, you can go anywhere with your dog restaurants and everything, but like. You know, if you, you, people are being logical, you go into the restaurant with your dog to order food and then go sit outside with your dog. But if you're in Canada, for the most part, um, they've they've softened up a little bit, but it's still horrible. Like you, you mostly can't go on patios with your dog. Mm. And like BC was really bad for this. Like if they had a patio on the sidewalk, you you had to put your dog on the sidewalk side of the of the patio and. Uh, it's just, it's such a turnoff for me who, you know, I bring my dog everywhere. I want him to be with me. Yeah. But yeah, Southern California is really good. Berlin was amazing. Europe for the most part is generally pretty good. Um, I, well, I gotta ask you, I was going to ask you this. How did you get Momo to Europe? What's the process of that? It's really not a, an interesting story. Unfortunately, I, 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 um, I actually got in touch with, uh, with the the I, I did my research because you have to put them in the cargo or in the dog area of the cargo bay. They usually have like cargo and then an area where they put animals. 
mm-hmm. that it's like obviously it's a pressure um pressurized space and it's heated um assuming it's yeah and it's got to be heated so like there are nightmare stories where they forget to turn the heat on and and all this stuff but you're gonna hear that's like the nightmare story of the cartel um you know killing uh tourists in mexico you're, you're right you're gonna get those stories if you look for them for sure but um also you want to choose the most reputable airline which i i'd found air transat uh, which is one that's based out of montreal they had a lot of positive reviews of people um using them to get their dogs across overseas but the process is you're literally it's it's an agricultural um process like you're you're importing an animal to another country Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to obey that country's, um, rules for dog importation. So, um, basically wherever you're going, you have to figure out what it is that they need, um, like rabies certification and what kind of vaccinations they need. Uh, and then you need to get your agricultural, um, organization of your country. So the, uh, the CFIA, the Canadian food inspection inspection agency, had to stamp a whole bunch of sheets saying that Momo got his vaccines for this and that. And he has his rabies certification. This is his like updated um, uh, tracking number, whatever the, the little thing, the microchip. Um, and you have to get all that signed. And then, so, so he went, he went in the underneath, but I called air transat and I talked to them. Uh, I wanted to get a, 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 a social media deal with them. Um so that really like pay me anything you want, pay me a hundred dollars. I don't care, but I want you to know that if something happens to this dog, it's going to be a big deal. <laughs> you <know? laughs> it's on you. I want you to, I want you basically to call the pilot and say, Oh, by the way, there's a celebrity dog. on board." <laughs> um, I don't know if that worked, but they, they, you know, I learned a bunch of tricks. Like when you get on the airplane and I only took two plane rides with them, one to get to Europe and eight months later, one to get back. But, uh, If your dog is on board. And again, real quick, I just lost you for a moment. You said you took eight months to get back and then I lost you. What, what did you say? Um, um, yeah, I learned a few tricks and and one of them was to, if, if you, um, you know, if you have your dog on the airplane, um, make sure you ask when you get on board, no matter how annoying you're being, um, is my dog on board? And, you know, just, just so that they remember that there's a dog there, first of all, which most yeah. of the dogs will, but, um, just to be sure. And no matter how annoying you're being, just say like, can you ask the pilot, can you make sure that they know that the dog is on board and, and to let me know immediately. And I asked, I think two or three times and I felt like I was being so annoying because they're busy. They're de- they got a million things that are important to deal with though. So, um, but you know, eventually they came back to me like, yeah, confirmed pilot said he's on board. He's doing great. Um, and you know, it's all, it's all good. And I'm like, okay, good. Let's load off my chest. Mm-hmm. But then on the way back, um, we, this is not really interesting, but we had a, there was a delay. There was a couple of delays and it was, it was, um, it wasn't even winter. It was like September, but there was a lot of delays and, uh, Momo ended up being in the, in the airplane for like 10 hours, which is way more than I intended, which, mm-hmm. but people have done it before, mm-hmm. but I intended on, on six hours. That was like right. the shortest flight I could find from Canada to Europe. And it was, it was Montreal to Portugal, five hours and 55 minutes. But like, he ended up being in there on the way back for 10 hours. And, and then he, uh, he, um, peed in the customs lineup. The one that you can't 
turn back from. The one that like, there's a sign at every corner that says, don't do anything. Don't speak. Don't use your phone. Like that customs line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have Momo with me and he pees because he has to pee. And then I get through customs and then the security, the police guy or whatever guy is like, your dog, he made a mess over there. And I was like, I can't go back there, man. <laughs> <Even Yeah. though laughs> that's not my mess anymore. <laughs> And then he and he and then he pooped in the in the in the uh, in the airport. I picked that up though. So. <laughs> Sold it on eBay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some kid was just some kid was having a a good laugh watching Momo poop in an airport. When do they take Momo? So I'm I can only come from a person perspective. When you just get in line, you get on the the yeah. whatever it's called. When do they take? You, before you yourself go through, uh, well, this was me in Montreal before I went through, um, my own, um, before I went through customs, uh, or, or where, where, with the, the check where you have to take your shoes off and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Security. Yeah. Security. Yeah. Before I went through that, um, I had to drop Momo off at the, uh, the specific like corner of the airport. Oof, that's that, nerve wracking. I imagine you were, that's why you asked. Yeah. And, and, and dropping off your animal and the security, like the, the girl who is looking, you know, checking him out and basically like scanning the cage, making sure there was nothing in the cage. Um, she was really, she, she was like, I love, this is my favorite part of the job is when a dog comes through. Mm. And so that like, that was reassuring. It's always reassuring. And then, and then he went on a conveyor belt. And, uh, but like the trick also was to make sure that he was extremely tired and zonked. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not smart to sedate your dog in case there's turbulence and he like falls over and, you know, whatever. And just don't, you can't sedate your dog, but you can tire them out. And, um, and I got him used to being inside of his crate. He wasn't really crate trained, but basically I like got him comfortable with being in the crate in the house. And then I brought the crate into the back of my truck and, you know, left it open and he was in it. And then, um and then i would you know keep the crate with a blanket on top of it and then you know i I would get him really used to the idea of being in a crate in the in a in a moving vehicle with white noise constantly playing and like um and and you know eventually he was pretty comfortable in his crate or he was was very comfortable in his crate and um and uh yeah each one of these things the the um the bureaucracy of it like filling out the forms training him to do that um it's all like um it's all just things that you have to go through if you want to do something big you know Uh i want to go europe with momo it's not easy like my next thing in life i want to move to joshua tree Mm. it's not going to be easy i have to get my u.s visa that's not going to be easy um, but this is something that I wanted to do. That's going to take a lot of work and I'm going to want to give up. And there was a lot of times before my trip with Momo where I was like, I don't, I don't, maybe I just won't go. It'll be a whole lot easier if I just don't go. Right. Um, but also now there are chartered private jets that are filled with dogs. <laughs> I want that job too. This is the way that I would go now because <laughs> you pay a, you pay a couple thousand dollars, um, it's basically like you're paying for business class, but uh, it is literally a private chartered jet and it's through a specific airline who only does this. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember what they're called. They're like called pet air or something, 
but you can charter for whatever you just save up your money. I would rather do this than worry about my dog in, in the, in the cargo area of an airport. hundred percent. It's worth it. Rather like work an extra couple of jobs and be able to do this, um, which makes it really possible. But um, you give them a ton of money and then you go in this airplane with a bunch of dogs in it and you cross the sea and then you land at a private airline somewhere. I don't know, but uh, that sounds like a way better way to go. So all my advice on, um, on doing it the hard way, just do it the expensive way. <laughs> that awesome. I would like, do that. Like to get to sit next to your dog on the airplane. How cool is that? It gives you both peace of mind too, right? Instead of being just wondering what's going on. Like now I get why you were asking multiple times is my dog on the plane. Cause you don't really, yeah. it's, not, it's, not, it's not like you hand him off and you see him go in the back seat, right? No. Like, <laughs> I was looking out the window, trying to see his, his, his like crate go in the, into the cargo area, but I didn't see it. And I was like, Oh my mm. God, I didn't see it. It's not in there, but it's just because it's it. a different area. I get it. And uh, so, yeah. And so you did Momo goes across Europe, right? And so like, what's the order of your book? So the book I'm having find Momo was this number one. The, yeah. That's the first yeah. book. And then after that, I did uh, find Momo coast to coast where we did like a bunch of the U S states and, and most of Canada. Um, it's a, not who, all of U S and Canada. Who funds, was it like, Hey, we're going to give you a bunch of money to go do this. Or are you like, Hey, I'm going to do this and hope it turns into a book. Like, how does that work? Uh, honestly, if I ever did the math on how much money I made versus how much money I spent for those books, I would never do another book again. Wow. Um, but like, uh, it, it, it was mostly self-funded. Like I I'm, I'm bad at saving money. I just, I just like to have a good time in the moment. <laughs> and, Still but, worth it. Uh, <laughs> but also, uh, also like I would do, they, they, they give me an advance on royalties, um, which means that, uh, you know, they give me a certain amount, I think like, uh, somewhere between 10 and $15,000 is the advance. Hmm. And that is meant to fund, whatever it takes to make the book. Mm -hmm. And then you have to like, you're paying that back with royalties. So if your first royalty check is $8,000, that's just going to go towards the 15,000. You still have to pay back another seven, you know? Wow. So, okay. So they yeah. gave you a loan basically. It's basically a loan. It's a loan mm -hmm. that if the book is a dud, you don't have to pay that back. So mm -hmm. at least there's that, but your incentive is to make it a great book so that it does sell enough uh, to eventually start making you royalties. But, um, you know, to, to be successful from making books means you need, you need to sell a million books. And mm. I didn't sell a million, but my, my, I think my, um, the culminative culminative number of like the full book sales of all my five books, which by the way, the order was find Momo, find Momo coast to coast. Let's find Momo, the children's book, find Momo across Europe. And then let's find Momo outdoors. The one with boo, um, another kid's book and, uh, the kid's books sell the best, but mm -hmm. all my books culminatively, uh, I think sold about 300 or 350,000 books, which is a pretty cool. Like it's substantial. Yeah. Amazing. Um, but of course, like you take that, I make about a buck a book and you, you, you pay that out over the course of 10 years. And that is not a lot of money at all, unfortunately, but it's like enough to fund like the, uh, the books themselves. And really it's kind of, it kind of becomes like, it is a passion project. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and of course, like, man, I would love for Jimmy Kimmel to like hold my book up just once and say, this is a cool children's book. You should get it. Uh, 
or Jimmy Fallon or any of the Jimmys, really. <laughs> um, but like that, that would probably just like change my life if somebody, if somebody is watching, and like, um, uh, you, you know, if 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 some person would just say, get this book, um, some person, I'll do it. Get the oh, book. Get thank the book, you. Guys. Thank you. There you are. <laughs> there you go. Taking um, care of life. <laughs> <laughs> we're done man i'm good <laughs> no um yeah yeah i do hope that like it would be nice if 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 uh if you know one of them did super well um and and, and i got a little kick so that i could pay back some debt that kind yeah. of thing but um in the meantime i'm having a great time and i'm like i'm getting messages that and this is the fuel for me where where you said you have you know you you get fueled from this kind of thing but like mm. The fuel for me is getting that that uh, that email or that DM from um, you know someone who gets to connect with their children or who, whose kids are are finding so much joy in looking for Momo, um, and that that's just like that that's it for me. That's the bread and butter. Mm. Um, but uh, there's a I actually spoke with a um, um, an organization in Italy. Um, who work with, uh, with with children with with learning disabilities or like on the autistic autistic spectrum or um, uh, and they've found that my book is one of their favorites to connect with the kids with um, because the 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 it's it deals with photography and real dogs real things and these children um, find it way more accessible and like they you know they have books that are made specifically for like autistic children but they can't connect with them because they're illustrated and they don't it's not real it's just this flat picture it doesn't mm. make sense. but then they show them this picture of a little dog hiding in this book and in this like in this room or in this kitchen or whatever and they're like oh, i get that because i understand because that's a kitchen and you know these are things and i'm looking for the things and they so that's really that was really special to me um, that they use that as a tool and uh, and I and I get messages from people who's like you know um, mother with dementia you know or or they're you know this a kid that they that they that they work with um, with learning disabilities and and uh, and they get to connect through this book and that's that's the world Amazing. right there that's if that's you know if if you need one reason if I need one reason to keep going with this and that's it. Uh, and that's worth it. You know, that's amazing. It's how cool is it to know that Momo has a legacy that's yeah. going to far outlive all of us. That's, yeah. that's so awesome. And like, I bet you, you know, being like the good dog dad that you are, it's like, I bet you you're so happy and so proud that it's Momo that's getting like all the notoriety and and not you, you don't need it. You're just so happy that Momo has it. And, and yeah. yeah, that's, I'm, I'm blown away. That's so cool. I'm so happy to hear that. I, I love it. I, I love everything about this. And we got to uh, give a little credit to boo. Though. Yeah. Now it's boo and, and Yaya <laughs> in the shade, in the shade, right in the shade. Yeah. <laughs> It's so cool. I mean, yeah, now you can content, you know, somewhat continue the legacy, but perhaps in a little different direction with, yeah. with Boo and, and Yaya. Um, yeah. yeah. And so it's, I was going to ask you like what the future holds and everything, but you've already kind of talked about that. You're doing a book with them now. And, yeah. and, and like you said, do you get the feeling? And I had this feeling a couple of days ago when you said you listened to my podcast, the one I put out about being honest and vulnerable, why I started this, like, 
you know, sometimes you got to push yourself just to throw content out there and you don't know who it's going to connect to, but it's going to connect to somebody and you yeah. don't know who needs to hear it. And like you said, like, and it's now a book for children with autism. Like you probably had no idea that was going to happen. And you probably don't even know half the stories of people using this book for things. So it's no. incredible. Yeah. Also that, that podcast that you put out, um, I mean, we, we have a lot of parallels with, um, with, uh, with family dynamics and oh, yeah. learning to set boundaries and that kind of thing. And I, uh, I, I was, I was curious to chat about that a bit. Um, yeah, go for it. I mean, in, 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 that I, I could only say so much. Um, I don't, I don't speak with my, uh, my brother and sister anymore. Um, it was, it was just a, for myself, I need to set those boundaries and it wasn't healthy for me. And it was all just, um, this, this, uh, this victimization and this, this blame and this, um, this stuff that was also within myself that I'm healing from mm. that. It's like this, this it's, it's like all my siblings have it in a way. And, uh, and, and, um, I've had the, uh, the, 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 the opportunity and the luxury of like being able to self-reflect um, you know, because of the life that I have where I'm with myself a lot and like, mm. you know, find a, a, a cycle through therapists until I found my 10th one who is actually pretty good at like at helping me dig these things up. And, and um, I've had this time to do this work and, and, uh, and meanwhile, I felt like they, um, they still have a lot of that work to do or even their own just different work that I don't understand. And, but there was, they say the worst therapist is a family member. <laughs> like you can't, you can't help your family really. Like um, it's just too close. Uh, and so I thought it safest for myself to just kind of set that boundary and like be just, just separate from the yeah and, and realize that this is a separate these are just these are adults that's yeah i've had a hard time i found this time. was that siri yeah siri <laughs> um that was me um i've had a hard time doing that see the thing i deal with the most is guilt um there's a lot of guilt that goes around in my family and i know that very well. There you go. Yep. And so I feel like setting boundaries would make that like 10 times worse. And hey, Ryan's not answering the phone, or Ryan's not calling now, or Ryan's disappeared. He's going away. Or Ryan's married now. We don't see him anymore. Where are you? And yeah, yeah it's um, I'm still I'm learning. I'm learning how to, to deal with that. And I thought putting that podcast out was super important because I'm on a pursuit of happiness and there's a lot of bumps in the road. And so to be honest and vulnerable, like I said, someone's going to connect to that. Someone's going to hear that and be like, I get, I get what he's saying. I, I, these conversations with, with, with my guest, like they give me energy. They, they, they lift me up. I, I come away from these conversations feeling so much better. And then sometimes I have conversations with my family and everything that's going on with there. It just drains my energy. It's just, just negative And it's one of those things where it's hard to get rid of. Right. And it's just like, and you, you chose to take that path probably just to separate yourself from the negative aura and everything. And I'm having a hard time with that. That's for sure. Really hard. Yeah, time. it is. It is. Uh, I don't know. It's not easy, but like originally why I moved away from Ontario was, was, uh, 
it was too close. I, I, um, yeah, if, if I ever had children, I didn't want to do it close to my siblings. Wow. That's like, I don't know. It, it's, it's painful because I love them and I want mm -hmm. them to get better, but, um, and, and they have kids and, um, my, uh, you know, I, I, I love those kids and I miss those kids a lot and I wish I was there with them. Um, but without, uh, their folks, um, I don't know. It's, 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 you know, it's, I don't know, it's hard things to say and it's, it's a little harsh at the same time, but, um, the reality of it is that like, I have so much I've had and have, you know, so much work to do. There are so many bumps in my road as well that, that, that I need to get through. And, um, what's important to me, at least with my family. And I feel like the people around me is just like, be self-aware and just try to start taking steps. You know what I mean? Like, being around people that just don't even like consider them having an issue or it's like, no, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with who I am. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. That's a little harder for me to deal with is I, I'm, I will sit down at the table and have a conversation with anybody that says, you know, yeah. I have these issues Yeah, and I'm trying to work on it. It's going to take a long time, but you know, yeah. I have a lot of respect for that for sure. Yeah. Do yeah. you, do you feel that just, just randomly asking this, do you feel that perhaps, everything with your family situation and whatnot connected you with Momo even more with the love that you had for your dog that perhaps, cause I'm, I'm trying to put myself almost in your shoes now. Maybe that's what happened to me is I gravitated to my best friend. Yeah. There's, I um, I, there, there is a lot. There's, I think if you, if you look this up, there's, um, it's not uncommon to have a pet as a primary attachment. Hmm. Um, that was me. Yeah, you didn't feel like you you had that, um, or you know, it it never quite felt right in the in the, in your family dynamics that you had that like whether it was your mom or your dad or, or one of your siblings, but you never had that like primary um, attachment. So a lot of people will find that in their pet, and that's where you get like crazy cat ladies, um, <laughs> or, or you and I. <laughs> no, we're, just, like, we're just we're just crazy cat ladies in the skies, really. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> But you, yeah, you, you find that like, I definitely, my dogs are my primary attachment. This is something that I'm working on. This is like a big, a big step for me in my life to build a, um, a chosen family in a community where I have people that I love that people that make people that make me grow, mm -hmm. people that make me want to grow people that make me see myself, um, and see the good in myself and see the good in the world. And, um, and, and, you know, that's my chosen family. And, uh, and when I, and when I find these people, I know, hmm. and, um, and so, and so a big part of me now is that like build community, um, find family and create family. And like, I, um, admittedly recently, um, uh, want to have a family eventually. And I, I've never admitted this to myself. I've always kind of hid it under, under the rug in, in, in case it didn't align with like a, someone I was dating um, or like in case, you know, in, in fear that it would never work out. So I didn't disappoint myself. I said, mm -hmm. no, I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to have kids or I'm okay with not having kids. And, and I am, you know, I'm, I am open to whatever way life goes and takes me. Um, and if it never happens, I'm not going to be unhappy because of that. But 
but to accept for myself that I do want that. And um, I, I think I, I was, I was listening to Conan O'Brien's podcast recently and he was talking about um, uh, the most important investment that he made was his family. And like, mm. the thing he says is a joke, but that was not a joke. And, uh, and he was like, you know, everything else can go to shit, but if I spend a lot of time building this up, building this one thing up, then, uh, then I know that that's there for me. And if I work hard on making sure that this stays, um, this not stays the same, but like stays together and that, that I put energy into, into growing this, it's not a house of cards. You know, it is, uh, it is, it is something with a beautiful foundation. If, if, if you put the energy into it and, uh, and yeah, I, I feel like I, you know, I, I missed out on that. I, you know, I think, I think the third, your thirties are a good time to do that because you still have so much energy. <laughs> 40, and I think I, did you just turn 40 as well? I just turned 40 in September. Yeah. Yep, yeah I'm in the club. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in the 40, we're in our forties now. And we're like, okay, this is last chance to have a kid and family here. But <laughs> my, yeah. my uncle had kids when he was in his uh, late fifties, I think. And wow. Uh, and he's now he has two teenagers and he's in he's in his early 70s hmm. and um uh but but even him i look at what he's built in the past you know 15 years with his partner and it is so beautiful and it is hmm. so different from uh from what from what my family my siblings have created for themselves where it's it's um there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of uh yeah and talking about this, I it, it is definitely raw. I'm like shaking a little bit on the inside because it's it's real stuff. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And but it, yeah, a, a lot of us are going through it. A, a lot of us, and you know, I as you probably heard in that podcast, one of the reasons I started the damn thing is because I couldn't freaking find anybody to date, and dating was just ah, freaking terrible. And I was like, I'm, I, I I I want a family, and I want all this stuff. And I was like, where do I even like? I'm getting older now, and yeah. I don't know. Now that like I just got married and I met Kristen, it was like waiting so long gave me the opportunity to grow and fix yeah. the things I needed to fix. So that yeah. way it's like, I mean, I'm still working on myself, but it's almost like if I got married like five, six, seven, eight years ago, I'd probably be divorced because I'd still be kind of broken a little bit. Well, and, not, not necessarily because there is the flip side of that where a lot of people learn fast when they have to, right? Yeah, per, yeah like, perhaps. A lot of people will have kids when they're in their early 20s and be forced to learn. Though, yeah, that's true. You know, I think more more times than not, it might end poorly. You 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 have that like uh, a tendency to explode or to to um, you still have that trauma and you still have that like um um that shot that childlike anger that you haven't worked through or fixed yeah. uh-huh. um, that you express and comes out as anger and comes out as like just unhealthy unhealthy um, um, coping mechanisms and and you know transfers to the kids but um, but I think mm-hmm. I think. Sometimes you do see someone have a kid early on or get married too young, but they learn a lot fast about themselves. And that was the way that they were meant to grow. But like you and I, I think we're, we're similar in that way. I don't think I would have grown well that way. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think if I had a kid in my, when I was 30 or, or mid thirties, even, um, I wasn't there yet. I really wasn't. I needed, I needed that work to be done. I, mm-hmm. and I st- obviously still have a ton of work to do, but but the foundation is there. I understand myself. I know why I do some of the things that I do, a lot of the things that I do. And, um, and that's like a big part of it. I think it's just, just knowing yourself and understanding why 
like you're going to have triggers, you're going to have, um, you know, you're going to be reactive in certain ways for certain things. Um, if you don't understand where that's coming from, that's going to be traumatic for someone. But if you see it and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm acting this way because of this, I can take care of that, you know? Yep. And I can only imagine, I'm just thinking to myself, like the amount of traveling you've done and like the alone time on the road and stuff like that, how much that has helped. I know for me personally, like I waited so long to like find someone to travel with. And I was like, after a while, I was like, this isn't happening, but I still want to see the world. So I started to travel. I was like, this is amazing. I love traveling by myself. I'm seeing the world. You just grow and you meet people, you see different cultures and it just enlightened me so much. I had so much growth through that. And I imagine you probably had somewhat of a similar experience. Yeah. Well, I, maybe not because my initially traveling for me was a coping mechanism. It was like, mm. I get away. And mm. then always, it was always about getting away. Mm. No matter where I was, I was like, okay, well, I can't be here forever because eventually it was like a, it was like traveling with imposter syndrome. So if I, if I stay here for too long, someone's going to find me out. And I, mm. so I better move on and change friend groups real quick. There was this, um, there's this movie that I love. And I think that the, what I just talked about is the reason that I love this movie is this indie movie. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's called the man from earth. Mm-hmm. Um, you should watch it. It's really brilliant. It's about a guy who, uh, um, who doesn't get old and he's been around since the paleo, paleo, <laughs> the dinosaur area. Dinosaur era, yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> but he says every every so the the movie takes place at his you know little cabin where he's packing up his truck and he's about to leave. And then his um his uh colleagues from work show up and they're like, We're we're not gonna let you leave without without just like without a party, without saying goodbye. We're 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 coming over, we're gonna hang out, we're gonna chat, and and we're gonna ask you, like, why are you leaving? And he's like, Okay, I'm gonna try something. Um, that I've never tried before. I'm going to tell you the truth is that I don't get old. And every 10 years or so, I need to move on before people find me out. Mm. And um, so, and then, but the movie is brilliant because it's all these, like it's a geography, it's it's a historian, it's a, it's a religious teacher. It's everyone hounding him with these questions about his past. If this is true, then what about this? And then he always has an awesome answer, but it's super well-written. That's cool. Um, but, uh, but I connected with it because the idea of moving on every 10 years eternally was such a, like uh, a, an important thing for me. Like that's why I, I live the way I live is because um, I'm afraid that people will notice that I'm bad, you know? Hmm. So I better go before they see me. But uh, that's the, opposite of what i need to do i need to stay still there's a there's a line that says um uh the um the pinnacle of 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 friendship is not forgiveness the pinnacle of friendship is witness the most important thing is to like be seen by someone not to be forgiven but to be seen for everything that we are and still stay there in in that person's life and just just witness this person um and to be able to be a witness to someone and for someone to be a witness to you and watch you change and grow over time um kind of objectively Mm -hmm. i think that's that's missing in my life that's what a relationship offers that's what family offers that's what friends offer and i need to I i know that i need to sit with that and my my life the past few years have been trying to figure out where to be i tried the west coast of canada but um Honestly, it's too expensive. It's expensive. I, 
like, not, not to go off, not to get off of what you were just saying, because I think that's super important. And but like, yeah, the West Coast, the Pacific Northwest is a place that keeps calling me back personally, but it is so freaking expensive up there, man. I, I love it. I'm actually going to Banff. We scheduled a trip to go to Banff and uh cool later next year. I, I'm I mean, I've been there, but Kristen has not, so I'm super excited to take her. But yeah, the Pacific later next Northwest. year, you planned a trip for late 2024. 2023 oh no 2023 fall of 2023 okay. yeah. it's like you're planning trips for two years away uh i mean i i'm known to do stuff <laughs> okay Epsi, i have a hard time planning a trip at all like, <laughs> I, my my way of traveling is i literally everyone's always like how long are you going to stay in mexico for whatever wherever i am and i'm like i have no idea i that's do a, not that's amazing I don't care that's to know it doesn't matter like I don't know. I'll be here until I'm not really. That's awesome. I guess that's where we defer, right? That's where we're not, we're not, uh, okay. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're a different it, there. It's also quite stressful. So I'm taking a trip to, to Iceland. Um, let's talk about that. I, and I don't want to get off of what you just said though, because I just want to recognize <laughs> that I mean, we can't get off. But I want to recognize what you said. And that's, that's really deep. And I think that's yeah very introspective. And I think because you know, and realize that you'll be able to find, what you're looking yeah. for yeah and and connect with the right people and that kind of thing um but uh but yeah iceland i'm looking forward to it but it's on the same it's on the same topic because um it's all pre-planned it's like a seven day pre-planned get in a vehicle get in a van go to see this for 40 minutes go to this place and like I'm nervous. I'm nervous because I, I, this, I, I don't travel like that. I, I literally, Africa was the last time I traveled like that. And that was in 2010. And, but wow. it was very different. It was, it was kind of off the cuff because um, I was working with that ecotourism company and they were like, um, well, what do you want to do next? Do you want to go to Serengeti next? Or do you want to do Kilimanjaro first? And um, I was like, well, I have a choice. And like, what, what should I do? <laughs> We're like, well, uh, you know, Kilimanjaro, the weather is looking better now. So we, we, we could do that first. I was like, okay, let's do that first. You know? Um, so that was a little bit more loose. Um, and I'm kind of hoping Iceland is a little looser like this. Maybe I should put it. That's amazing. When are you going? First of all, if you don't mind saying, I think it's going to be in January. So like the coldest, darkest, but the most likely to experience the Northern lights. Have you, have you experienced that yet? I've seen Northern Lights, yeah, but but never as strong as I've seen in the pictures um, of of Iceland. Uh, like I've seen them, you know, I've seen them randomly in in Northern Ontario, or I'm pretty sure in BC as well, where um, you know I was driving at night and I was like, "What is that? Like, what am I seeing?" And I pull over and I'd be like, "Is that the Northern? I don't know." And then it would just a big green thing would swoosh across the sky, like, "Oh my God!" Yeah, God, that's crazy. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna lose my shit. Um, seeing, it, uh, seeing it in uh, in Iceland, I, I would imagine that'd be different. You've so you've, but you did you go in the summer or winter? So when I went to Iceland, it was St. Patrick's weekend. It was like a five six day trip. So it was middle of March two thousand seventeen. Like, ah, they're doing a promo for St. Patrick's Day in the sky, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was. Um, I saw him like. I saw them pretty decently, probably uh, four to five out of ten. I would say the first time I saw them, which is I was I was like, I'm good, I'm good to go home now, I'm good. But yeah, the next night it was probably an eight or nine out of ten, if if not yeah. a ten out of ten. It was like absolutely 
unbelievable. We were there for a few hours. I was just, my camera was on a tripod and I just clicked it and click, 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 click. And I, after about two and a half hours, it's like, I guess we're done. I don't know what else. I mean, it just kept going. <laughs> oh, that, that talk with, that you had with the, the Iceland um, girl, that was cool. What a story. Yeah. Yeah. She, that's, that's ballsy. That's a um, did, wait, did you, you said nine out of 10. Is there a, is there a, uh, uh, is there a, a Northern light scale or is that just you saying that's me, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's a scale of, there is that meter or whatever. I think like a KP meter or oh. something like that or whatever about like, um, the chances of you seeing them that evening out of 10. Um, yeah. But no, I'm just talking about like personal, like from what I've seen, like it must have been an eight or nine out of 10. I don't know what a 10 out of 10 is, but it was just, it was a show. It was like a laser show in the sky. It was unbelievable. Yeah. This, this goes against a lot of my travel ethics where I like to go towards warmth, especially in the month of January. Mm-hmm. So it goes Buckle against, month, I believe. Um, but uh, I, I'm doing it through this, uh, this outfit called Trova trip and okay. uh they organize group trips for, um, you know, people with, uh, um, with an online community. Um, so, so I'm going to be going with with like eight to 15 people that I've probably never met before. Um, so it's going to be really interesting for that, which actually I'm really excited about because that, that's something that like, that really gets me excited. is just like the, the, the seeing into people's lives, is uh is is one of the coolest things about social media and like getting to meet like i did a couple a couple of book tours and got to meet like thousands of people that were fans of momo um while i was on the road like at at different book events like i'd done dozens and dozens of book events and some of them had a you know a couple hundred people at them and shaking the hands and seeing the people and meeting them and, and those were that was a really interesting time um but uh but um yeah so i did a survey to see where everybody wanted to go and iceland was number one for everyone and i think i I think it's on a lot of people's lists so i think that's not uncommon for trova trip to see iceland as one of the main ones where people want to go but i um i was like really does nobody want to go to greece or (laughs) or like 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 somewhere warm in january like australia i don't know new zealand um nope they wanted to go to iceland second choice was alaska third choice was scotland and i was like wow people are we gonna get along <laughs> but <laughs> i was like you know what i need to go i need to like there's something about the cold i don't know if you're a wim hoffer or <laughs> yeah a... the ice the ice guy yeah the ice man i think that i think there's an importance to to cold that i need to appreciate and um you know i i am a i'm a snowbird do, do you know the term snowbird i do <laughs> yeah i'm a snowbird through and through i don't the last winter that i experienced was only because of the pandemic didn't let me travel uh. so i was i was in i was in uh british columbia i was in vancouver for uh this the winter of 20 2020 i guess 2021 i got away um but uh, yeah, so typically I'm like, if it gets cold, if it looks like it's going to snow on the horizon, I'm out. I don't want to, <laughs> like, I, I don't enjoy it. Like when I was younger, I enjoyed it, but I love just lying down in the sun in the desert. This is, this is where I'm happy. That's why I want to move to Joshua Tree. Hmm. But, um, but then there's part of me that's like, no, you know what? You got to do sometimes a thing that makes you uncomfortable. You're going to do a trip without your dogs. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what are you doing with them? 
Oh, I'm going to have a friend look after them. Okay. Well, that's good. You can... I'm going to be miserable. But again, <laughs> like, these are, these are things that go against everything in every bone in my body, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it because I know that's good for you. I know it's good to go against your comforts. Mm-hmm. And I, I am a, I am a creature of comfort. I am, I, you know, I look for the comfy things, but, um, but you know, it's going to be a good time. I'm going to see Northern Lights. Like I've never seen them before, most likely weather permitting, but like probably um, I'm going to ex- finally ex- experience like long dark days, which has been like on my list of curiosities. That's interesting. Yeah. And, like apparently it's like if the sun's up, the sun's up for a couple hours, but it's just golden hour for a couple hours and then it, it's night again. <laughs> it's going to mess with you. <laughs> it's going to be so strange. Um but also, like, we stay in a hotel every night. So that's kind of... Where cool. you go? Are you going around? Do you know what it comprises yeah, of? Yeah, there, there's a... Um, it's not the whole... You can't do the whole... Uh, the whole ring. Yeah. Yeah, unless you got, like, a four-wheel drive. But but um, it's... it's I, I, I don't know. I, I've looked at the different destinations. I've looked at a map, but I've forgotten. I think it's most, mostly, like, within a few hours of Reykjavik. Okay. Uh, but uh but there's i think there's a lot to see in iceland and oh yeah and i think ultimately um i think i can enjoy it i think i'm gonna enjoy it because the one thing that i don't like about tours and like um going from place to place and just like here's a waterfall you're 40 minutes at this waterfall what i don't enjoy about that is that like i can't do that with dogs Mm. it can't be off leash because there's too many people around Hmm. i'm gonna have, i'm gonna not have the dogs so i'm gonna be at these places i'm gonna actually get to like not worry about the dogs so um maybe it my, is freedom it is a little bit of freedom turn back to uh to brown and maybe <laughs> I can, my grays are gonna come back but it's uh, just appropriately make sure you get the proper clothes that's for sure yeah it's canada goose through and through hmm um yeah definitely definitely gonna need to pick up some because i've shed all my winter layers i just i think i've i've like given away two canada goose jackets to friends in my life because i'm like i'm never gonna need this again hey by the way i'm gonna take that i can Um, borrow that turns out i always needed another one eventually so no but i have a i have actually an awesome down jacket that i i've been wearing uh way too often down in southern california when it gets like too close to 50 <laughs> Dude, a little colder than that that in iceland just a little bit yeah i know well I, th- I think it only goes down like it goes just below freezing in the winter it's not like it's you're and, right uh, it's the it's wind the, though it's the wind yeah, chill right, right your your guest was saying that like what it says it feels like that it's not yeah, like real feel the real feel yeah yeah, it's not like um I don't know, like the the like right now it's I think it's probably like 70 degrees here in Mexico but I'm cold. Mm. I don't know. I'm freezing right now. Hmm. Maybe it's the lack of humidity or something, I don't know. Conversation. I don't know, man. I'm excited for you cuz I think you're going to make memories for even more memories for a lifetime and yeah. that's you'll never regret that, right? Never. And and every time I meet, you know, new people from uh from uh the community of like of momo lovers it's always good we always we always have dogs in common and i mm-hmm. think that's always a good thing to have in common i did that i did that walk on uh on christmas day because uh i knew that i was going to be alone on christmas day and so i i just 
posted on my Instagram. I was like, if anybody wants to join me for a hike somewhere in the greater Los Angeles area um, on Christmas morning, I know I'm going to be sad. I know I'm going to be alone. So instead, I'm going to do a hike and you're welcome to join me. About a dozen people came with their dogs. That's awesome. We did this like three or four hour hike. Um, I was flying that day. I felt great. I like hung out with people and then, and then I got my social fix and I went like, oh, I'm good. I don't need to hang out with people anymore. That's so cool. I love when social media works for like a positive yeah. like that. That's, that's, I, I love hearing that. I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing more of those as well. Um, as I, as I drive back North, back to Canada, I'm going to do a couple of them. I'm pretty sure going up the coast, um, just meeting with people and it's, really what it comes down to is mental health is like, I need to get out more. Mm. It's good for, it's good for the men, for, for the mental health to, uh, to be out in nature. Um, like it, it is literally proven to mm. release dopamine, um, in a very good way. Uh, when you're walking through the woods or whatever, doing anything physical outdoors, the combination of those two things is, is life changing. So, um, I'm going to be inviting some strangers up the West coast to, uh, to join me for a couple of outdoor activities, um, be it a hike or a paddleboard or maybe a bike ride. Awesome. Yeah. So cool. Mental health Legend on the West coast. I know what the heck man. I'm one of these days I will be, but if you're ever back in uh, North Carolina or Wilmington, whatever, let me know. That's uh, right down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Find make, make that happen. We can introduce the dogs and, yeah with that <laughs> but andrew this is it's been awesome um yes it got great. deeper it got deeper than i imagined and and i don't, yeah. I don't, think, we, I don't think we've finished our conversation yet i think, I think uh, <laughs> we'll have to do this again at some point i'm back anytime you want but hey real quick let's talk more, more about the future we have the book coming out you're going to iceland next year and mm-hmm. i remember you talking about a conference right you're going to a, f- a photography conference for dogs Speaking at a dog photography conference. How freaking uh, cool is that? That is hilarious. awesome. So good. The girl who's organizing it, Kaylee Greer, I've just been chatting with her online and she's so funny and she sounds like the most exciting individual. I can't wait to meet her. And some of my favorites, Sophie Gamond, uh, she's from uh, she's from France, I believe, but she does a lot of rescue work and like a pit bull rescue work. Uh, her work is brilliant. She is an, she is an artist. Um, awesome in the field of dog photography um lk i can't remember her last name from weasel blitz i don't know uh, like a bunch of like amazing dog photographers are there and then they and then they invited me in and, and i cried and i was like yes i want to do this that's so what cool. i'm gonna talk about but um but that's gonna be exciting that's gonna be in vegas in september um and then um august 29th let's find yayambu that comes out uh, and then next year, um, I illustrated, um, book about loss for kids that comes out. So. That's so important. That's, I mean, honestly, like we're talking about having kids at some point in the next year or so. And that's a subject that I, I'm not going to have any idea how to handle. And that's where, you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm one of a million that's not going to know what to do. And that's where a book like that will come into play. And, and yeah. I, it's tough as that is. There's, there's a lot of good books out there about it, and uh, and I'm I'm happy to add another one to that to that library. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy you're you're doing that, and you know I, I can kind of be in your shoes a little bit. So, and I understand how hard yeah. that is for you. Just just know that it's gonna benefit so many so many people and spark some great conversations. So I hope so. I hope so. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. 
I love Thank this. You. This has been really great. It's good chatting with you. We are we are kindred. <laughs> I I definitely agree. I was like, hold on a second. This guy was a designer. Then he traveled with his dog and took photos <laughs> and made a made a book. It's, I was like, hold on, what? This is the job that I want. This is incredible. So, um, yeah, I I appreciate you saying yes. Um, it's been a blast. You're welcome back anytime you want. Definitely keep in touch. Good tomorrow. Um, yeah. Wait, we'll here today I'm free actually. What's that? Let's chat later today. Yeah. All right. Why not? Let's get a beer. We'll do it over a beer. <laughs> cool, but uh, yeah, Andrew, I can't thank you enough. Thanks for getting deep with me. You were vulnerable, as was I. Great conversation. Loved the connection. And uh, Momo has a legacy. I love it. Thanks, Ryan. Absolutely love it. Have a good day, man. A sincere, incredible thank you to Andrew for joining me on this episode. And Andrew, if you are still listening to this at this moment, you are welcome back at any time. Swing through North Carolina. We'll meet up. We'll get the dogs together. I just can't appreciate you enough for being so honest and just having a real conversation with me. And I know what you're going through. It's tough. It's hard, but it seems like you're getting there and you have two incredible dogs that look up to you that will certainly help you along your journey. And I can't wait to see what you do with those two little rascals. It was fun watching them right outside your door recording this episode. So thank you so much. And everybody, thank you for listening to this episode. I know this was it was quite the episode. The ups and the downs, the twists and the turns, seeing me talk about family and stuff. I mean, wow. Did not see that one comment. But hey, you never know what you're going to get when you turn on the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. So please subscribe so you'll know exactly what episode is coming out and when it came out. And also, please leave a review and share with friends and family. Sharing is caring. Always appreciated. Way to get more listeners and more listeners means better for the podcast. So appreciate it very much. Please follow me on Instagram as well, at the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. And I'll catch you all next time.